You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Grind Season. I'm Jason Smith, one of your co-hosts here on the Grind Season podcast on Odyssey. Uh, and co-host of the Jason John Midday Radio Show here in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, that's on weekdays from 11 to 2 on 92.9 FM ESPN and Odyssey Station. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at JasonSmith929. This is my guy, the newly braided up Anthony Sane, the tribal chief of Grizz <laughs> Twitter. He's looking clean. He's looking fresh. A man who's covered the Grizz for the last nine years. Saying it's, it 10 years now. We're moving into a new year. Happy New Year to you, my brother. Uh, hey, you can follow him. Well, yes, sir. Can follow him on Twitter at Sane Asylum. Wish him a happy new year. Uh, and hopefully you guys are following us here on the Grind Season Podcast. We're doing it twice per week here in the uh, season. We'll continue on in the off season on the free Odyssey app. You can get uh, your po- our podcast there, or you can get them on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Grind Season. That's S-Z-N, Grind Season. Do a solid by uh, by hitting that subscribe button. Thank you very much. And also, I mean, saying we, we're going to get in the Grizz. We'll get, get deep in the Grizz and a Grizz team that's winning. But we'd be remiss – not to say that we're certainly still grieving our thoughts and prayers uh, with the family of one Lola Mitchell, a.k.a. Gangsta Boo, 3-6 a Mafia member, uh, passed away yesterday at the age of 43, a, a Memphis rap legend, uh, a female member of 3-6 Mafia, like we said, and the city got got literally has a cloud over it today. Uh, but coming in here, obviously, a little bit, little bit grieving still at the loss of, a, of, a, of an icon, saying. Yeah, for sure, man. I was listening to some of her music yesterday and just forgot uh, kind of how extensive her catalog was as far as like features and not just 3C's Mafia stuff and how good her album was, Inquiring Minds album. Minds. One of the best albums to come out of this city for sure. And how influential she is, especially when you listen to somebody like Glorilla. You could just hear so much of, of, of Gangsta Boo's influence, you know, in her rap or whatever. And uh, she did, she got to do one of the final songs she did was a feature with Glorilla and a uh, lotto so you know i'm glad that that actually happened but yeah rest in peace of course to gangsta boo uh just like you said one of the pioneers for memphis rap uh, not just as a female rap one of the better mcs to come out of the city period so um yeah condolences to our family and just uh rest in peace to uh gangsta boo today no question gone too soon at the age of 43. uh our jobs to talk grizzlies and grizzlies certainly back to their their winning ways saying they won three straight since our last podcast mm-hmm. Feels like a lot. Toronto, New Orleans, Sacramento. Uh, they're now second in the West at 23-13, a game off the mm-hmm. Denver pick pace, at least at the time of this podcast. All feels sort of right again after that nasty little stretch where they had dropped four or five and we're coming on here asking mm-hmm. what's wrong with them. Two also on Sunday after the win over Sacramento, you heard John Morant say, uh, uh, we're a work in progress. I, I talked to Sam about this. It's a different tone than what he yeah, had told in the day game, talking about this team wasn't concerned. He wasn't concerned about any – in the West, maybe that's a bit of the maturation process we've talked about with him. We'll probably ask Sane too. Most important of the three wins, and what sort of jumped out to him over that 
three-win and four-day stretch, I believe it was. And again, uh, second segment, we'll be talking trade deadline. Uh, it's coming up on February 9th, and I think it's worth touching on because Sham Sharania uh, 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 of the uh, the NBA news break along with Woj uh, uh, reported or uh, – didn't report, but pointed out, reminded us, or at least we here in Memphis in this market knew, we've been asking the question for a while, but told others about how – you know, keep an eye on the Grizzlies with this trade deadline coming up. They got five first round draft picks to play with. They've got Danny Green's expiring contract. Uh, uh, Shams thinks thinks they are primed to go after a another star, not just a, a Zach Lowe mentioned a back end of the rotation guy you might bring in to short up, but a star. Grizzlies certainly have the assets to do so. We'll ask Sane if he anticipates a move now that we're roughly five and a half weeks before the trade deadline. Then finally, the 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 segment uh, uh, that we do every week. Who brought the seasoning over these last three games for the Memphis Grizzlies can be good or bad seasoning. Uh, certainly, we've got a bunch of uh, a bunch of candidates to look to choose from with the Grizzlies having won these three straight. So that's the episode. Uh, but let's start here saying Grizzlies win, Grizzlies win, Grizzlies win. Literally three in a row. Toronto, 119-106. New Orleans, 116-101. Sacramento, they beat last night, 118-108. What stood out to you most over these three? And, uh, and what do you think of John Morant's? comment after the game sort of a, a a 180 from from where he'd been a couple of weeks ago in terms of where this team is in the west uh i was debating between the last two games about which one stood out the most i think to me uh that pelicans game uh you're talking about one of the, the better teams in not only the west western conference but in the nba a team that you're definitely going to match up against a team that i personally can't stand uh my, that, that rivalry became more friendly to me than anything now though because a lot of their fans have kind of taken to be a lot of their fans that, 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 that I used to go back and forth with on Twitter I actually became friends with now. So that, that whole rivalry doesn't hit the same. Um, but, yeah, that's one of the top teams in the West, a team you're definitely going to see later on down the line. To get that win, not only a win, but a but a win by the margin that they did. I think they were up by 20-something uh, towards the last final minutes of the game. To get that let that game get away and get that type of win against a team that good in the West who's also playing good ball uh, in the Pelicans to beat them. Um, but yeah, that Kings game as well, because uh, that's the, that's the one you thought would be the letdown. You mm -hmm. know, you rested Bain, you rested Clark, you rested Aldama, and you still were able to pull out a win uh, with the other guys you've had left in the game. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand in that Pelicans game. No, I'm I'm with you completely on on which of the ones I thought were the most significant. It's certainly that mm -hmm. Pelicans one. You pointed out they've been playing well. They've won five in a row before mm -hmm. that game. I know they don't have Brandon Ingram uh, at this time, but they had won five in a row. Coming into that, that one, the season series have been split one-one, so they're certainly we're looking to get a leg up there. And then, and then, two saying the job they did on Zion, you know, who had come into that game playing pretty well, just like the team. You hold them to twenty points on six of sixteen shooting, nine turnovers. Yeah, like the way they sat on his left hand made him go right defensively. I thought overall that game and the other two saying it 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 rep it, it looked like a team that was getting back. To its defensive ways, you know, uh, you know that that Phoenix game, you know that stretch of four or five, they're giving up one twenty-five to Phoenix, one twenty-three to Golden State, one fifteen to, to to OKC. This this was I don't think you allowed any of these three teams you just won over to shoot over forty-one percent. So defensively, there was a tone set, and again, you know, a lot a lot of it right there against Zion Williamson, you could see it individually. CJ McCollum struggled in that game. Mm -hmm. uh, De'Aaron Fox only had nineteen for Sacramento in the win there. So I thought. You know, overall, defensively, the Grizz got back to to you know that brand of basketball that 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 Taylor Jenkins had said was missing during that during that dropping four or five defensively. I thought they looked good, and 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 all the while you had you know John Morant playing some 
some outstanding basketball as well. So right. had that one game where he had the 17 assists, career high, only had 19 points, but controlled the game. To your point, you were making last week. Doesn't have to score 30-something necessarily for the Grizzlies to look good. Yeah, for sure, man. Those are three very good wins. Uh, there was a stat that came out that said that uh, John Morant is averaging like 31 and a half points since his shoe came out. And, um, and I'm, I'm sure there's something to that. I mean, who, who, who wouldn't have – who wouldn't play better when they've got a shoe with their name and quotes all over it, you know, their, their daughter's favorite colors and those type of things on it. So Jaws been playing incredible ball uh, over the last five games. They've kind of settled in. Desmond Bain has found a way to be super productive even without uh, – he's been missing a lot of threes. His three-point shot is still not falling, but he's still finding ways to be productive. Uh, Jaron is coming around. Um, the, the fouls have, have settled back down again. His defense has been remarkable. Uh, multiple blocks in, in a lot of these games so far. So, like I said, they're finding their way. The role guys are stepping up. John Conchar had a big game yesterday. Tyus Jones had an incredible game last night. Uh, yeah, man, they're, they're coming together and this at a good time. With uh, We didn't mention this yet, but a lot of winnable games coming up on the schedule coming up for the rest of this month of January where they could kind of, like you said, create some more separation like they did towards the middle of this month um, and, and hopefully get not only uh, at the top of the West, but kind of make some space between them and other teams around. Them. Yep. You mentioned, you mentioned what's coming up. Got Charlotte and Orlando on back to backs, but those are certainly mm -hmm. both, both winnable games. And, and you, you're talking about a Grizzlies team that knows, you know, you, you can't take anything for granted having just lost to OKC, you know, without, without Shea Gillis out and without Giddy Golden State without Steph, so, so you're, I highly doubt that uh, you'll get a Grizz team that's even looking that's looking past what'll be some subpar competition. But then you mentioned two Utah, and then you get two with San Antonio. So there is. I mean, I, I feel almost guilty saying, and we said this a couple weeks ago. Maybe there was opportunity to fatten up because those players seem to be feeling that way, and you went into a little funk. But this certainly seems like a nice little stretch where you can, especially with the way they're playing, where you can pick up some wins, maybe get to the top of the West, get ahead of Denver. All right, saying what did you what do you think afterwards? about John Moran sound like maybe a guy that had been talked to or certainly heard folks saying, Hey man, don't know if you, uh, if you need to necessarily, you know, say you're not worried about anybody in the West with the way this team's playing with how it's fared against Western uh, conference competition after Sacramento's uh, after that win over Sacramento, he said that uh, the Grizzlies are a work in progress. That certainly was a far cry from what he'd said about not being worried about anybody in the West uh, mm -hmm. saying that part of the maturation process, did somebody get to Ja? I saw that quote. I read that quote or whatever, but I didn't see the actual interview. Back to a question. Who, who asked that question to John Morant? Like, I'm not exactly sure. I saw the quote. I, I believe I saw it in Giannato's column, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't know that Giannato was the one that asked the question. But it was someone in, in the locker room. It wasn't on the court, right? It was yeah, that's, I, I believe so. I believe okay. so. I'm, I'm going to assume that a man asked him that question in the locker room. Okay. Um, and the point why I'm saying is some of the most ridiculous things that John Moran has said has been in front of, been in front of, been asked him by some of the most beautiful women in, in sports. Wow. <laughs> one question was the Michael Jordan one-on-one -on -one thing. And he said that to Taylor Rooks and he wow. said, the, uh, yes. and he said the, uh, 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 he said the we're the best in the West thing to Malika Andrews. So uh, we know John's a young single man, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, I'm joking, of course, but yeah, but but hey, answers come out different. There's a are you joking? Yeah, it is he a little bit more boisterous around? <laughs> yeah, you, women. your bravado started coming out when you got one, two of the most beautiful women in sports. The hell of a point, right? as opposed to Rob Fisher or somebody asking you a question, you know? <laughs> 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 or Mike Giannato. Shout out to both of those guys, but yeah, I, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a little bit more balls about myself, a little ballsy. I'm, I'm gonna show out a little bit more if I've got Malika Andrews or Taylor Rooks in my face, but yeah. But I think it comes down to maturity, though, man. Josh still, he's a work in progress as far as maturity is concerned. He's still a very young man. 
And when you've got the world in your hands, new shoe, uh, one of the better players in the league, all-star votes coming in, jersey sales going crazy, all these type of things going on, you start thinking you're in, you're above everything and that you, you know, literally the world's in your fingertips. So with that being said, uh, that level of maturity does have to come in time to just be able to answer questions in a way that don't cause controversy. Not to not to take away your confidence, not to answer the question like you're scared or like you're intimidated by anybody else, but just in a way to just keep those things, get those distractions out of the way. Um, and I think it's a very good thing to do. Ja's gonna get it, ja is going to get it together. He's he's going to be a tremendous uh, uh, talent on and off the court. Uh, we, we've seen what he does uh, in the community. We saw what he did after the game, giving his shoes away. He's go, he's going to be that total package soon. It's just a maturity thing with him, and it's going to take time. And um, I, he'll get to the point where he understands how much of a distraction some of those things can be. But yeah, um, yeah, like like we said, it's good to see him um, kind of get away from those type of responses for sure. I, I just think I, I do. I, I think it just shows you saying the leader he's he already mm-hmm. is, but that he's also poised to be. I just right. remember when Kyrie was in Boston. And was dealing with all those young guys who would go on, obviously, the guys that we, you know, Jason right. Tatum, all those guys that are stars now. But whether he would call them out publicly in the media, whatever it was, Kyrie was, it was almost like, I'm, I'm going to lead them vocally. I, I need to, he was trying to figure it out. And like, and, and Ja is so much more of a leader, even at 23, it feels like. And, and I know he's, he's closer to their age for a lot of them than Kyrie. And Kyrie had been through some stuff. And some of Kyrie's was, look, y'all got to get up on my level. And and to to a degree, he was right, but he never figured out how to lead that young group. Yeah, I just think I think you put John Morant in any in most situations, and he's going to come out a leader. Uh, a lot of times, again, it's 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 because it's more by action than by anything else. But I think too back to back what we were talking about with this, just the fact that you're willing to make that adjustment shows that you're not just thinking about yourself and your words and how they impact you and your game, everything else. But like we talked about in the podcast last week, when you say those things, it puts an X on on guys, you know, backs on your team that might not be ready for it. You know, John Conchard might not be ready for that smoke when, right. they, when he's got that X on his back like you are, like you've shown that you are. Mm-hmm. So as a leader, you have to take that into account and ask yourself, is my team ready for me to make remarks like that? So right. I, I certainly appreciated the the sort of 180 from, from Ja there in yeah, terms of, Again, you're feeling good, too. You've won three in a row. There's an opportunity to say, no, nah, I ain't backing off my statement, but he didn't. Says it's a work in progress. I appreciated the, the, yeah. uh, uh, the mature answer from that. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, moving on uh, to segment number two. Of course, you're listening to Grind Season uh, here, an Odyssey podcast. You can get it on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Grind S-Z-N. Uh, our second segment tonight uh, trade deadline coming up February 9th. And, and we were reminded of this this morning because Sham Sharania, uh, uh, NBA newsbreaker, was on FanDuel TV. And I'm not sure if he was asked the question about the Grizzlies or just brought them up voluntarily, but pointed out that the Grizzlies could be a player because they have uh, assets galore, five first-round picks to play with, including oh, as well as Danny Green's expiring contract. He's on that $10 million expiring deal. 
but that his point was the Grizzlies could be one of the movers and shakers here before that February 9th tra trade deadline. And his point is that they've got the assets saying to go after another star. Uh, we'd mentioned Zach Lowe mentioned in one of his pieces, you know, that his hope for the Grizzlies would be that they'd go out and shore up the back of the rotation with a smaller move. He didn't, he wasn't suggesting the Grizzlies make a bigger move. They certainly have the assets to do so. My question to you saying roughly five and a half weeks before the trade deadline is do we anticipate uh, uh, the larger move that Sean suggests the Grizzlies could make or something smaller based on, on what we've seen or nothing at all option too. Right. First of all, I would love to see it. I would love to see this team take a big swing at a player that's somewhere close to those the, to our star players' timeline. If he's older, that's fine. Um, not you know tremendously older, but I, I would love to see them take a big swing at a guy that could solidify this team to make them a definite title contender this year. I believe we're one now, but I, I could see scenarios in the playoffs where certain things can come back and bite us. I would love to see us take a swing on the guy, period. But when it comes down to this Memphis Grizzlies organization, led by Zach Kleiman. I will believe it when I see it. <laughs> and all those things sound good with what uh, Shams was saying. But if you really look at what he's saying, he's really not saying too much of anything other than what we already know. Like, we know well, we the Grizzlies have those assets. It seems like he was introducing maybe a national audience to the Grizzlies situation. or just reminding because mm -hmm. he, he puts these type of reports out about the Grizzlies often. saying well, If he doesn't, national media does often. Kind of saying, hey, don't forget the Grizzlies have this, 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 and this. Guys do that a lot with this organization, but, you know, they still haven't made any major moves. Uh, I, I really hope that they do make something, um, that they make some type of move, um, whether it's something on the back end. or adding a, I, I really think we need some type of bench score, whether that means you add a, a starter that moves a, a Dylan Brooks maybe to the bench. I could see something like that. but Or you just go out and get a guy who's a, you know, who can be a bench score. One of those reasons why I think that when they went into the offseason – I think that they their thought was that Santi Aldama and um uh, they assumed Santi would take a leap, Zaire Williams, Zaire, not, yeah, Zaire Williams would take a leap, and that somebody in his rookie class would give you something. And I thought that would they probably thought that would replace the DeAnthony Meltons, the Kyle Andersons, those type those type of guys. But we've seen Santi take the leap. Zaire Williams has just been disappointing, whether it be from bad play, injuries, lingering injuries, whatever yeah. it is with him. He hasn't been that guy, and it's forcing guys like John Conchar to be more than what you really expect him to be or really what he's capable of being. He has great nights sometimes, and sometimes he just looks like he's not ready to answer the bell. And I think that that – I think you need to sure up that backup scoring spot, whether it be um, a combo guard, a shooting guard. I think you need to do something uh, to kind of tinker around the edges with this team. Not really around the edges, but more towards the middle to get a guy who can be your sixth, seventh, eighth man uh on this team i think that's one thing that's missing because you're asking too much of john conchar um uh, going into the season especially a guy like when you look at it if somebody was to tell you david Wrighty is the second best wing on this team mm -hmm. i mean uh i'm sorry the second best reserve on the reserve wing on this team who would argue with that you know what i mean if, if, if you said he's the best reserve wing on this team you may get some some arguments for that as well and that should never be the case not this year so, um, yeah, I think I, I would love them to do something like that. I don't see it happening, just being honest with you, but uh, I would love to see something where you sure up that bench. I, I'm with you, I, and I think I'm more inclined to be with you because of what we have seen or practically what we haven't seen mm -hmm. from Zaire. You know, if Zaire, if Zaire yeah. was a little bit further along, it's now 10 games, uh, was it four and a half points, you know, three rebounds. It's, it's really – it hadn't been anything enough. It hadn't been significant enough to feel like you've got enough there. Uh, I'm with you. It, it, as high as I am on what Tyus is doing, 
what Brandon Clark is doing on that second unit. I don't feel like I can depend on John Conchar. And, and even yeah. though even though Roddy, to his credit, has been good in stints when Conchar hasn't, uh, I don't. I, I, you can't depend on him either. And so yeah. I would lean again going towards the smaller Zach Lowe move, the move, the kind of move you're, you know, framing, you know, something mm -hmm. to shore that up a secondary, an, another wing score, especially, you know, with, with, with where Zaire is right now. Uh, I'm also inclined, I'm inclined to be with you on the fact that, you know, I know this franchise and this organization is high on Zaire. I know that they felt a certain kind of way about Santi last year when he wasn't showing mm -hmm. much and you see what you've gotten from him in this, in this next one. So I know they believe in their guys and just because their guys are struggling for 10 games uh, is, is not going to be a reason for them to panic. That is not what this front office does. Uh, probably feels like they got all the confidence in the world. They know more about his health situation. Uh, I realize they said that this, this most recent injury that kept him out of what last night uh, is not related uh, to the preseason injury. You know, do you believe it? Do you not believe it? Who knows? Uh, is it, is it compensating for the other, you know, whoever knows, but, but you'd certainly like to see him healthy. Um, I'm with you. I think I've been moved to the point now where I'd like to see some. I'm saying you don't need to go all in and mess up. I, I was talking about this with, with Drew, our producer, before we came on. You, you don't need to make a Minnesota move. You know, go all in. You trade your future for something like that. It's not time to do that. Although there, there's nothing that says you, you have to miss like it feels like Minnesota has. But I, don't, I, I still think with what they're learning about this team, with what you've still got to learn about this team in the playoffs with this group, you're not making any major moves. Maybe something to shore up that 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 you know that second yeah. unit, another score in there. Yeah, like I said, Shams didn't really reporting anything. Like he's just basically saying, just it's like a reminder. Just letting y'all know Memphis does have. Yeah, they're, they're in, you, know I mean? they, you know, front office to their credit's done a heck of a job putting them putting them in that spot. But like I said, it's not news to us. We've known they've been here. Question's gonna be are the Grizzlies gonna gonna pull the trigger on any of it. Saying sounds like saying I uh, sounds like we both got our doubts, my brother. Right. Uh, moving on, segment three, uh, the segment you're tuning in every week for, hopefully, uh, the segment that is sweeping the nation, who brought the season in. Uh, before we get there, though, uh, hopefully you're listening to us on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your apps. It's grind season. We're twice per week. We'll have another one for you probably uh, to wrap up this week on Friday with the way the grid schedule breaks uh, this week. Mm -hmm. But you can download that free Odyssey app or get us on Spotify, wherever you get your apps. Uh Saying who brought the seasoning this week for the Grizzlies who've won three in a row since our last podcast? Last week's season was pretty was pretty salty. You uh you handed it out to me to uh yeah, yeah, you go you right ahead. Over. Um, I think I'm gonna go with the obvious. I don't know what he did in, in the Toronto game. I can't remember. It's been a long weekend, celebrate New Year's, etc. But for the last two games, I definitely have Steven Adams over 40 re, uh, rebounds in the past two games combined, which sounds like such a ridiculous number, man, for one man to have 40-something odd rebounds in, uh, in a two-game stretch. He's just been phenomenal, man. Steven Adams has created so many more opportunities for this team. We've been shooting the ball very badly the last few games, and him just creating those extra opportunities, whether it's a putback or kicking the ball out to other guys and creating, making teams have to scheme differently because he's on the court. He's just been phenomenal. He's brought the big boy seasoning. I got to give mine to uh, Stephen Adams for sure. Uh, I'm gonna be. I'm, gonna, I'm on the same guy. You mean it was what uh, 23 rebounds, 10th uh, mm -hmm. double double of the season against uh, Sacramento. Had 13 offensive rebounds. That was career high. That came after the 21. So it's what it's 44 rebounds in two games. Yeah. I think that tied Jonas for the most over a two game stretch in 
club history, but he's the first player in franchise history to have at least 20 in both games. He made Jonas look terrible. I remember that trade, man, when folks were wondering, you know, in terms of what you got back, that trade, Stephen Adams for Jonas. And people around here thinking maybe the Grizzlies are taking a step back just because of how good We Jonas traded our second-best score. We traded but, JV. I mean, do you remember it? I mean, folks were going crazy. They were acting a fool. But, I mean, the, what he's freed up for Ja. And t- in terms of Ja's paint scoring, nobody – it doesn't feel like anybody in the league gets more uh, 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 pick assists uh, uh, than, than Steven Adams, especially with that Ja floater now. That's money all the time. Uh, same mention, he's been a beast on the boards, and you do it against Jonas – you know, the guy you were traded for, 6.6 rebounds. That's completely outplayed Jonas Valanciunas again in that game that I'm with Sane on. Super important because you're trying to, you know, you're trying to hold off them Pelicans and show them that, you know, you're the team of the of the future. Although saying that that won't be, it, it is friendly right now. It won't be a rivalry till they meet in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. When you meet in the playoffs and there's, there's some, there's your, your, your life at, your life's at stake. That's when you start. You know, that's when the friendliness gets thrown mm-hmm. out. And it feels what, like there's something brewing to, it. Yeah. to another level. Yeah, it's, it feels like it's something brewing to it for sure. But I can I can definitely see it jumping off. Uh, bangers and mash. I went and looked it up. You know, uh, Stephen okay. Adams' father is a Brit. And in okay. bangers and mash, which is two sausages saying with mashed potatoes to us over here in America, that's his dish, man. That's That's one of his go-to's. Uh, his father was a, a a Brit, but he said now he's big on a, uh, believe it or not, watermelon. He says he smashes watermelon all season long. Who said that? Uh, JV? I mean, uh, Stephen oh, Allen. He's the big during yeah, the season. Big watermelon man because the electrolytes and everything else. If any watermelon okay. laying around, killing it. But uh, Stephen Adams, he certainly brought the season this past week, man. Hopefully, he continues to do so. He's a perfect so fit for the team right now. Sausages over there are called bangers. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Yes, bangers, bangers, and mash. You know, I say it a certain kind of way. I can't say it like Stephen does. Oh, okay. That's what's up. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, now, that's not, again, that's a British dish, but his dad was British. Okay. So that's that's the seasoning that Stephen Adams is bringing. Yeah, yeah. Just bangers, Matt, because I don't know any New Zealand seasons, bro. I don't think they've got oh, anything okay. to uh, just for them. So, bangers, Matt, we're, getting, we're giving Stephen for this, especially these last two games, a big old heaping of, uh, of bangers. Whatever you and put man. on bangers and mash, that's what Stephen Adams brought. He said he said it, but he said not too much salt though. I read that about it. He's very careful. Okay. He said not too much salt, not too much salt in those in those foods. So Stephen has being careful and certainly playing out uh playing out well on the court for the Memphis Grizzlies. So that's the that's this episode. I believe it's episode yeah, it seventeen uh, of Grind Season. Again, make sure you're downloading us twice per week. Next next episode should bookend uh, the weekend with the way the Grizzlies schedule. Breaks. We mentioned saying they got Charlotte and Orlando coming up in a back-to-back on Wednesday and Thursday. Mm-hmm. Then on Sunday, you've got Utah before a couple against San Antonio next week. So it feels like a good time to fatten up. Uh, hopefully, I think I've done all the eating I can do uh, Christmas and New Year's Eve. It's time to get back to work, uh, both on the radio station and, and with these Grizzlies saying. So uh, for mm-hmm. Anthony Sane, uh, for our producer, Drew Barrett, I'm your boy, Jason Smith. We're gone. Keep grinding.